The Love Good Podcast is brought to you by our patrons. As they stand on the front lines of discovering the world's best new music, books, and art before anyone else, our patrons raise media to a higher standard and help young people and artists turn that standard into a way of life. Join the movement today that will give you hope for tomorrow. Become a patron now at lovegoodculture.com. Welcome to the Love Good Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell, sitting down for the last time this summer, offering you our last bonus podcast just before we actually begin season two. I I have a very special announcement at the end of this podcast, just as to exactly when you can expect season two to begin and who is going to be sitting down with us. She's probably the biggest artist we've ever had in our studio, maybe apart from Dirk Bentley. All right, so it's going to be awesome. So stay tuned for that. Today, we're sitting down with Scott Mulvihill, an old friend, no stranger to love good. This guy's been on tour with Ricky Skaggs for most of the last five or six years. Ricky's a a bluegrass legend. And Scott has not only been with him as a bass player, but really mentored by him through the years. So we have a really cool moment where we just talk about the the, the, the almost uh, spiritual father that Ricky Skaggs has become to Scott. Uh, but, you know, this upcoming fall, he's not only going to be featured in our September package in about 10 days, uh, but he's also going to be on tour with Lauren Daigle, Andrew Peterson, uh, and, and actually has wildly exceeded all expectations on Kickstarter recently, uh, pulling together a marketing budget. So his new album has the potential to explode. And uh, he's, again, no stranger to love good. He's been featured in our patron packages for the last several years. And again, his brand new album that you cannot get anywhere until September 21st is being shipped to our patrons next week. So this is a really exciting moment. And as always, a really beautiful conversation with Scott. So stay tuned. We'll be back with him in just a few moments. And I'd rather have you laughing behind my back. Say you want to joke, put your head on the tracks. I'd rather have you laughing behind my back. Than live in your box, too scared to act. I may never make it and I don't care. Gotta keep climbing till the run out of air. I may never make it and I don't care. It's all about steps, not the top of the stairs. I may never make it and I don't care. Gotta keep climbing till I run out of air I may never make it and I don't care It's all about steps, not the top of the stairs Scott, it is so good to have you on the Love Good Podcast. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. So last time we were hanging out, it was... uh, Mongolian? What was that again? Ethiopian. Ethiopian. Food. We got Gojo. Yeah. Um, on Nolansville Pike. Uh huh. Yeah. Gojo. I, I've driven by it probably a hundred times. Right. You're the first one to ever tell me I should eat there. How was? How? What did you think about the coffee ritual? The coffee ritual was obviously the coolest part because yeah. I'm into coffee. So are you? They like they bring it out and there's like piping smoke or steam or they what's had going some on? Beans that they had like roasted there. It smelled a little so. bit like burnt popcorn. Well, yeah, initially. but co- roasted coffee. Does. does I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was delicious. It yeah. felt very ritualistic, which I liked. Yeah. I liked. Yeah. We were just talking not too long ago. 
about uh, the ritual around, you know, a lot of things in our lives. And coffee is one of those. There's like a, there's almost like a liturgy to it, you know, yeah. a sort of routine to it. Uh, well, man, it's just been such a journey. I guess five, six, seven years ago, we would have first met. You yeah. were touring and, and, and did for quite some time, full time with Ricky Skaggs, playing bass. Yep. Uh, we had some mutual friend in Texas. Your home country is that what we're calling it now? <laughs> right, right. Did they did they leave the union? It uh, seems like no. It, yeah. Um, yeah, we had a um, a friend named Kurt Clement. That's it. Um, yeah, in Texas, where so I, I grew up in Houston and then right. was in college in the Dallas area. And I remember this this was actually quite a while before I actually met you, Kurt, who was a friend of and worked with my friend Curtis Stephen, who right. uh, is writes for the liturgy and writes great worship songs and stuff. Kurt works with Curtis. And so, so he had mentioned you guys to me probably a few years before I moved here, before I even knew I would be moving to Nashville. That's and cool. so, so it was one of those kind of remote things. When I finally met you, it actually was a minute before I put together, that's who yeah. my friends in Texas were talking about. So it's cool to, to see that come together. Yeah. And similarly, it's been cool to just watch your career come together. I mean, we're talking about you opening up or not opening up, playing bass for Ricky Skaggs, but actually I've never seen you play bass for Ricky Skaggs. I've only seen him come alongside you at one of your shows, you know? <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and that's just because he's he's a generous, cool guy. Like he that, is. You know, and, and, uh, Clearly believes in you, you know? Well, you know, I so for those of you who might not know, I left the band after five and a half years mm -hmm. in November last year. So... Um, really not that long ago. It was, it was such a, it's, it's a big part of my story because I was on the road for so long that it, it was, it was a formative thing where I, I learned so much for, about music from him and not only bluegrass music, which he's an icon of, but just how to arrange, how to be an artist and be a personality and be present to a crowd. And it, it was on every level education, you know? Mm. And, and so I, he's been, more supportive than you could imagine yeah. because he's given me you know, not only a living for those years, you know, but, but on, in the shows I would sing a song and, and lead a song and that kind of gave birth to what I'm doing now with the bass and the voice together. And this, this song 2020 vision, which is actually on my upcoming album that Ricky played on the track. So, wow. so, so this song is part of my journey because I would, it's an old bluegrass tune that uh, that Jimmy Martin used to play, and and he's most known for for it. Um, so we rearranged it. We, at the time, we were on the road with Bruce Hornsby as well. So it was Ricky and Bruce. They have a collaborative show that's that's so cool, outrageously fun. And I so, bet. so we were playing this version of 2020 Vision that Bruce had recorded with the great jazz bass player Charlie Hayden. Charlie did this cool droning kind of dark bass intro and when we did it live in the ricky and bruce show i was doing that intro and so mm. it turned into this feature that i would start playing and, and kind of you know set this mood and then bruce would come sit down at the piano and, and sing and play and slowly everyone would come in when we got off the road with bruce and we're just back to our bluegrass shows i somehow had the uh the nerve to say like, Hey boss, could we keep doing this song? And yeah. could I sing it? You know, cause it was a cool moment in the set. So much of the show is driving and just fast and yeah. like tear your head off a thousand notes per second bluegrass. And it's amazing. It's so mm. fun. But this song, let it wash in, over you in a different way that those. Yeah. And so it was a cool moment in this, in the show. Um, 
And so he was, he was just, that was a great kindness, man. He, he was like, yeah, let's try it. He had never heard me sing, mm-hmm. you know? I, I think maybe he knew I sang a little bit, but it was a chance to say, yeah, go for it and let's, awesome. let's do it. So that was working in the show so well that it was a realization for me, hey, this works. I, would, I had been a songwriter and I had been a bass player, but not together yeah. before then. So I started writing songs for the bass mm. um, like I'm doing now. So, Which is so cool and so unique. And, and to think that there was... Uh, a bit of a, a hero and a mentor mm-hmm. behind you through that process. I mean, some yeah. of the stories that you've shared with me off the air, he's, he's like almost like a father figure in your life. And I think we all absolutely need that, whether it's professional yeah. or personal. We just got to know that someone is out there cheering us on, has been there before us, and yeah. it's possible. You know, Yeah. And, and you know, he sees himself that way. And it's a beautiful thing because yeah. I know myself and a couple of the other guys in the band were all around actually right around the age of his youngest son. So mm. he, uh, he just sees, sees the potential in us and, and, and wants to foster it. And, and, uh, and I know, I know that's his heart, you know, is to, is to, obviously he's the star of his show and it's like, everyone's there to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he really shares that spotlight. And, and that's, that's, I think it's part because he, because that's how um, the bands he came up in, uh, you know, he he played with Ralph Stanley um, when he was a teenager, and mm. so so in that show he was singing a lot, and it was it was it was like, you know, I got the sense that he wanted to pass on that opportunity. Yeah, and that seems and, like so much of the the culture here in Nashville amongst artists is a desire to really cheer each other on. You know, yeah. well, I'm I'm really curious. What did it feel like the first moment you realized that you had stumbled into something truly great and truly unique with the whole being a singer-songwriter who leads with an upright bass in front of him. I, I've just never seen it before. At what point did you realize that it was possible? But really, what did it feel like when you thought, this is this is something special, it's bigger than me, and obviously you've been kind of running with it ever since? Well, I would always just try to do my best and let other people decide if it's special, you know? <laughs> but, but it's like, yeah. but it, what I can say is that it's it's the most me, you know? And, and because... I was a bass player first and that's as far as the instruments go. And I play a number of things, but that's always my favorite and the one I'm the best at and the one I'm the, I have the most to offer on the bass. And so, so this was another thing that came out of the Skaggs experience. Cause when we were on tour with Bruce Hornsby, um, we, we played this cruise called Kayama, which is an Americana music cruise. Uh-huh. It's the best thing that I've ever done. And my life goal is to go back. So if the, if the booking people at Kayama are watching this, uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, but so we were cooped up on this boat for a couple of days and, and I was, uh, I was just like, Hey Bruce. Okay. You, obviously he's a master songwriter, musician. And so I asked him, Hey, would you mind to take a listen to some of these tunes of mine and tell me what you think? And, uh, and so I played him some things I was working on at the time and, and he goes, man, you've got a great voice and there's nothing wrong with these songs. They're all fine. Like they're good. They're not great. They're not special. Like there's, there's nothing wrong, but there's nothing great. Mm. And he's like, I, I know you have a lot of musicality and a lot to offer and, and you have so many tools that you're not using at all Yeah. in this music. And, and it was just like a, I mean, it's a perfect critique because it was, right on the money you know yeah. and it wasn't 
it wasn't like disparaging either because he was he was just trying to say man you can do more and better than this mm. and and it was like man you're right what do i have the most to offer what do i have to put forth that really only i could do and that doesn't mean it's better than whatever else or or the other bass player singers because there are they are out there um yeah like i can't do what esperanza spaulding does like i uh-huh. i would if i could i just would do that you know um, <laughs> but like you know it doesn't it's the most true and it's the best like use and expression of of my particular gifts i guess and it was a challenge in a in a great way where i knew how to sing i knew how to play but when i first started doing it i couldn't sing and play at the same time the way i'm doing now where i'm yeah. playing sometimes like bass melodies and percussion on the bass and singing a melody over that and so there's this independence factor that it was it was like okay i know i can perform hard things i know i can for you know for my bluegrass stuff i was doing and for the my all my college years before that and i knew i was capable of really hard difficult stuff mm-hmm. um but i had never written hard difficult stuff if that makes sense sure. and, and and so what can i write that would make use of all my skills on the bass make use of the way i sing and 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 uh show strengths there and yeah so it's and it's i mean i'm i'm trying to write more and better all the time too so mm. it was kind of this it seems like a common sense thing do the best thing you can do you know yeah. <laughs> like but yeah. that's really that's really what bruce's advice boiled down to instead of just doing what came across or came right. out first right this is a big part of writing too that i just didn't consider for it, it's so funny when you think about it it's like if you write something just because it came out of you does not mean it's good yeah you yeah. know like yeah i wrote it it doesn't make it good yeah and so it's like it's like so edit it you know and make it better or come up with a better idea in the first place but it's like that was a funny thing to think about artistry it's like mm. it and and put forth the best thing you possibly can and don't yeah. don't accept the like the mediocre thing i mean as much as far as it's possible for you because we all you know i mean i'm i'm still like anyone else doing the best i can but uh, yeah and it's a journey i think that's what's so cool to follow is you know the last few years you know all of our patrons they received days to come which was a bit of this teaser album with some live tunes and then about a year ago we released top of the stairs just the ep to all of our patrons and so there's people who are following who are kind of catching uh, scott mulvihill and these key moments but yep. there's going to be this beautiful uh, culmination, at least up until this point, you can say that your your career has been culminating uh, to this moment of releasing yeah. your first ever full length album. It's obviously like a massive privilege to know that's going to be in the hands of our patrons before it's anywhere else. But what's that been like? Because actually that creative journey is like really a, a cause for vulnerability, a cause for, you know, self-discovery and kind of yeah. like finding your niche along the way in an industry and in a town that is surrounded by so much talent. So what, what kind of goes into the timing of this album? What goes into, you know, your hopes behind this album and the way that it's going to really introduce you in a very new way to a greater community and a a bigger industry? Yeah. I think it's, it's been a long and winding road actually for this album, partially because of the production process and like, and, 
without getting way into it, like I had to, I started it with one producer and essentially had to finish it myself. And so that was, that just took time, you know? And, um, and then because I was in the job with Ricky's band, even though I I finished the whole thing sometime last year, I didn't want to release it till now because I wasn't free. I was still touring with Ricky. I was still in that job that I know if I was still there, I wouldn't be able to give this the full attention and um, effort that it deserves. So, so basically, the reason I've waited till now is because uh, you want the maximum potential. I want to the be, maximum potential. Yeah, and so, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. I mean, it's crazy. We've got a lot lined up around it because we're. I'm releasing it September 21st, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, although to love good patrons a little sooner a little than sooner. that. And, but uh, come on, like a Kickstarter campaign to right, raise so, money for marketing. I mean, you've you've been yeah. patient and it's yeah. paid off. You know? Yeah, I think patience is the right word because mm. it, it's and it's been tough actually because I've like any artist, I want to just say it's done. Here it is. Everybody get it, and and yeah. people would enjoy it. But hopefully, because of the waiting and the Kickstarter you mentioned we raised a marketing and radio budget for it, so we'll be able to push it to radio mm-hmm. stations and to to get it yeah out to a lot more people than we would just ourselves uh without that so now not only that i'll be going on tour this um fall and spring with lauren daigle Mm. opening her shows um she has a new album um out and and so that's going to be a tremendous thing because i'm I'm, it's over 40 cities that we're playing in uh so I'll be releasing the album, going on tour with her right after that. It's perfect. Um, and um, and then pushing to radio. We'll be in all these places where we can hopefully maybe visit the radio stations. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, it's it's all ma- making the most of every opportunity that we can. Trying to, That's right. okay, we're going to be here. What can we do that makes this stop even more worthwhile? And, That's right. Um, and I think there really is just something to just never stopping as far as like like i'm always trying to play i'm always trying yeah. to do what i do to uh and show that to new people all the time and so so even like you were saying overcoming like some just artistic challenges and like the in my journey with this record being long a long process of making it it's it's really freeing to just one you do want to plan you mm-hmm. want to try to do everything you can. But the other side of that is like do everything you can and then let the chips fall and just never stop putting it out in front of people. And that's right. And, and for, for me, that often just means performing because right. um, that's where I think I connect well with people live, hopefully. Um, and uh, and there's something very visual about what I do with the bass because, because it is a little unexpected. Um, I think people see it and then – and for some songs in particular, it's like, oh, this is one guy doing mm. this on an instrument that is not usually the lead instrument. So that's right. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a perseverance thing, and in the patience. And so releasing this now has been part of that patience strategy. And um, I'm excited to see how it goes. It's it's good for the rest of us to hear the process because you know if you're just a fan of music or you've got an artist that you really love or maybe you're even a love good patron, you know, you have some sense of what goes on behind the scenes, but nobody really understands how much comes together before an album 
much less an artist really pops and really has its its moment you know yeah so what's cool is to see there's a lot of moving pieces that are coming together beautifully mm-hmm. you know going on tour with lauren daigle obviously you've got some tours in between with with andrew peterson you've yeah, got just like a yeah. lot of exciting kind of magical things happening all at once yeah. you know yeah no it, it's, it's cool it's magical it's uh i couldn't have yeah. i couldn't have like planned it all you know and <laughs> it's so there is an element of uh well that's magic you know that it yeah. all is happening at the same time it's like really so. just providence you know bringing it all together yeah tell us a little bit about the creative process for you you know I, I know you you like to read and we've never really had a conversation that didn't at some point kind of enter into some deeper waters and uh so i know you think deeply about things you know and It'd be really interesting to hear what, what goes into that process. How, how did you take those songs that Bruce Hornsby said were good but not great? How did you get them to great, you know? Uh, how do you stretch yourself creatively but even emotionally to really put pen to paper, fingers to the bass, and make something really beautiful happen? Yeah. Um, you know, as far as those songs that I showed Bruce, it's like I didn't make those ones great. I just wrote new ones, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so that's that's actually part of it is – and it goes along with the keep going aspect is as far as songwriting, you just have to do a lot of it and you have to slog through a bunch of stuff. And then even after you've written a lot of stuff and have songs that you're happy about, which I, I'm thankful that I do like on this upcoming record, I'm, I'm really proud of the songs. Yeah. And, but even after, even after you've done that, you'll probably, and at, at least from experience, you'll write more things after that. And it's not like suddenly all your songs are great. It's like, okay, well, that was not a winner. Let me keep trying. Yeah, and, try. I, and I think too, you learn how to write as a craft. And then you also know you need to know what you want to say and what you want to put forth. And so I think this this album, Himalayas, does a really good job of that where it's there's a lot of um, a theme of like of overcoming or exploring or pushing boundaries there. And, and it's this, I think you get this overall message there that is is actually very me and, and, and kind of, and it came, it's by design because as you're writing something, um, you obviously you're, you're thinking about what it's the songs about, but it was interesting. Actually, this friend of mine, Kat Reese said something interesting when she listened to my EP and she was like, this is, this is about facing fear and the, the whole theme of it. And, and she's a great songwriter and she knows about this stuff. And, and, it was funny because I I hadn't really thought about it, you know. Like, mm. of course it is, and and it is, and so. Um, but it was just innate that I would be putting a theme together without trying so hard to define mm. it on the front end. As far as writing and 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 what, how I arrange songs on the bass, that's just it's like it. I have to start in slow motion with some of the songs because there's a coordination aspect that's that's pretty challenging. And so it, you know, it might be a, a riff on the bass or, or a melody that sort of interacts with that riff. Mm-hmm. So especially when I first started doing songs on the bass and still now, but it's gotten easier over time. But when I first started doing it, I mean, I just had to play it so slow and, you know, I'm singing along with what I'm playing and I have to notice rhythmically like which words line up with the instrument, which words are between the notes of the instrument and, I mean, almost like, you know, slow it. It's like, it's like you're zooming way in on totally microscopically on just this, this measure of music. I have to work out this measure. And then, 
And then once I do that, it starts to gel and click. And because once we're seeing it live, it looks like you do this in your sleep. You make it look so easy, <laughs> well, and you make thanks. it look so much fun. You know, it is like, fun. Yeah, it is fun. But it demands a lot of preparation. I love that you it have does. to almost slow it down, take it measure by measure. Like anybody who's a musician is going to understand that that actually is like not the easiest thing in the world. You know, but it's what it takes to get this this final thing together called a song and eventually a whole album and. It's awesome yeah. to watch. Well, and you know, when I was in school, I studied jazz bass and I also studied classical bass. Um, like, you know, it, it was more like lessons. I took lessons from, there's a classical department. And so it was like, I'd be learning these pieces and etudes and stuff. Well, to perform a piece of music in the classical world, they'll, they'll practice it for years, mm. oftentimes, you know, before they perform it. And, right. and, and, and by then it's just epically flawless and I'm not epically flawless, but, but I was thinking about it and, I, and why wouldn't I apply the same rigor to what I'm doing for my own songs? Like, I, I feel like a lot of songwriters myself in the past, for sure. It's like you write a song and then, and then you're on stage playing it and you're forgetting the lyrics because you didn't practice it. You know, it's like, that's crazy. You need yeah. to, like, why wouldn't you? practice your own music like, it's ridiculous like like to me it's just like and i mean and i we, i've forgotten lyrics like we all do it but it's just it's just funny like to to the idea of getting on stage and not not having a bunch of hours under your belt on the song you're playing is kind of like i well i always just felt i owed it to my art you know to actually be able to perform it really well. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm curious, as we kind of round out this conversation, especially about the new album, why Himalayas as the title track? Obviously, mm -hmm. Top of the Stairs was the, the EP. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm assuming Top of the Stairs is on the full length It is well. on the full length. So yeah, this yeah. seems like it got a little like kicked to the curb here with Himalayas taking over, but I'm sure it has <laughs> a lot more to do with some kind of overarching theme or, or, or really what you're trying to say with this album. It's yeah. different from what you're trying to say with the EP. So tell us about that. Well, I would say there... It's it's like a, in a way, actually, top of the stairs is a good. It's a steps. It's all about steps, not the top of the stairs. So even like from a point of view of the progression of how I'm putting this music out and stuff, it's like that was a good stepping stone to perfect Himalayas. That song really sums up, and the lyrics of that song to me really sum up what the music's about. And kind of like I said earlier, it's about pushing boundaries and and the lyric of that chorus is like uh, i want to go where i've never been i got to know what i've been missing i want to come back different yeah. and yeah home is wherever i wake up hollywood to the himalayas i want to find out what i'm made of mm. and go where i've never been so it's that's the theme of this i would say that's facing the that fear facing the world and just seeing you know the, there's a there's like a positive exploration kind of vibe to that like I just want to do stuff that I haven't done. It's it's fun and it's exciting. Um, but there's also it was interesting. I played this song live somewhere, and and somebody somebody messaged me after um, this would have been last fall, I think. Somebody messaged me and said, um, you know, I love that song, and I always appreciated the how just like eyes open to the world it is, and it's mm. you know it's cool. But until I played it live, or until I heard it live, I hadn't realized how much and she used the person who made the comment she used the word anger you know mm. i hadn't realized how much anger was in that song and i was like anger is that angry but but in a way like i don't 
in a way it made sense because it's 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 intense there's an intensity to the the need like to um and i think that longing to uh to either see things or express things to even know yourself to know yourself to know others like Mm -hmm. in an in an intimate way that um it's it's intense and it's it's part of our human nature and so it's it's so when when that's not expressed or you don't get to do that like maybe anger is the right word you know it's like like I, I, this is a need for all of us, I think. And so this, the song is trying to get at something like that, that, and, and, you know, I have run out of meaning. I'm longing for feeling my, uh, you know, my hands are reaching as I finally dare to dream. It's like, that's one of the verses. And so, mm. um, so the, there's kind of this, it's a, it's a longing thing. And yeah. so, so maybe it came across angry. So, you ah. know, uh, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's it's something we can all relate to, though. You know, is that that longing, that sense of, uh, yeah, we've got to figure out who we are and what our place in this world really is. Mm-hmm. Is a, a real universal resonance in that. Well, Scott, uh, this is awesome. So obviously, our patrons are going to be tickled to death. They're, they got their hands on this. Uh, literally next week, before anybody else. Really, really exciting. Yeah. For those who are, you know, uh, not patrons, you know, those those crazy folks out there watching this, listening to this, who aren't patrons, how can they really rally behind your album? How can even our patrons get out there on social media uh, when September twenty first hits and really maximize the uh, all the potential for this project? Yeah, um, it's telling people about it. That's the, I think that's the main thing. Like I, I had a song I just sent to a few friends today or yesterday, and. I think it just, it's that word of mouth thing. And that can happen totally. online, of course, share it, or just tell your best friend, like this song. I mean, you know, if this is how you feel about it, you know, this song knocked me over today and it yeah. was like, you know, or whatever. It's it's like. That personal touch is huge. It's huge. You, it's, it's huge because if somebody sends me that, someone close to me, I'll listen to it. Like, of course, you know, oh, you got to hear this. Okay, I will. And mm. so, so doing that, if, if the music means a lot to you, um, hopefully it would mean a lot to other people. So that's right. Yeah. And social media website, how can people be uh, tracking you? Scott Mulvahill.com. Um, M U L V A H I L L. Um, you would not believe how that gets misspelled, but <laughs> I'm not bitter about it. It's cool. It actually uh, is spelled uh, how it sounds. So people just need to, you know, be smart about it. Mulvahill. Yeah. That's yeah. easy. Easy. That's um, easy. Uh, no, somebody, somebody, this has only happened once, but somebody was like, oh, you have a great name. I was like, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, yeah. And of course, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I'm Scott Mulvihill on all of them. So um, awesome. I'm pretty easy to find. Well, Scott, thanks for your time. I look forward to seeing you all throughout the next few weeks and months as the album is exploding, as you're going on tour, <laughs> doing your thing, man. It's a real privilege to be able to uh, support you and even just, uh, accompany you along the way. Well, thank you, Jimmy. I'm, I'm, Love all you guys here at Love Good. And You're a patron, by the way. I am a patron. That's worth yeah. people knowing. Scott Mulvihill is a Love Good patron. Yeah, That's like I a am. celebrity endorsement. Or <laughs> you know? Well, I, you know, I can't wait to get my own record in the mail. So. <laughs> Autographed, yeah. hopefully. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Scott. We'll do this again sometime. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Strong wind, strong wind. Many days and night could be you. Strong strong wind, strong wind. Many dead tonight it could be you when we are homeless, homeless, moonlight sleeping on a midnight lake, and we are homeless, homeless, moonlight sleeping on a midnight lake. 
What a joy, as always, to sit down with Scott Mulvihill. He's an old friend. We actually hang out a lot. So it's just really nice to uh, you know sit down and have such a, a kind of a wonderful but intentional conversation about his career and where things are going right now. It's a really exciting moment for Scott. So uh, th- the fact that our patrons alone are going to get access to Himalayas, his brand new album, before anybody else uh, is really exciting. In fact, if you have not become a patron, if you're not yet subscribed, this is the moment. Okay, you've got literally 48 hours after hearing this podcast to go to lovegoodculture.com slash join and just use the coupon code Scott. All right. All you need to know is Scott. And that'll actually give you your first month free and the September package with Scott's brand new album. Again, coming out three weeks before it's ever going to hit iTunes or Spotify or anywhere else. It's going to be in your hands as a patron. So check that out. Know that actually over the next week, we're going to be slowly shutting down this first ever inaugural contest where we have patrons all over the world fighting for their spot to go to Rome for free. So this is really exciting. When we actually kick off season two of the podcast next month, we'll have some really cool updates on that contest and how it went. But here's the big announcement. September 18th, we're launching season two with the one and only, one of Nashville's most beloved. She's been here for a long time, born and raised. She's the daughter of one of Nashville's finest producers. She's the wife of one of Nashville's finest singer-songwriters, but she is an artist in her own right in every imaginable way. Yes, I am talking about Ellie Holcomb. I cannot wait for this conversation to unfold. September 18th, season two of the podcast, launching with the one and only Ellie Holcomb. So we'll see you guys in a few weeks. Hope you have an amazing final handful of days here in the summer of 2018. And uh, we cannot wait to be back here with Ellie again on September 18th. God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. Tell your friends all about us. Stay in touch on social media. And be sure to stop by iTunes or Stitcher to give us a review. Massive thanks to all of our patrons who make this podcast possible. As they stand on the front lines of discovering the world's best new music, books, and art before anyone else, our patrons raise media to a higher standard and help young people and artists turn that standard into a way of life. Join the movement today that will give you hope for tomorrow. Become a patron now at lovegoodculture.com.